Welcome to the EAT Podcast. This is episode number 10. I'm your host, Jerry, and today's guest really needs no introduction besides greatest of all time, the GOAT. But I'm going to give it a try, so here we go. He's got the nice life you and I can only dream of, yet he's living it. A New York Times bestselling author, a philanthropist who's raised over $50 million for various charities during events he's emceed or either hosted as well. A successful investor, an advisory board member, on almost a dozen companies. He's got his own clothing line, a poker resume that ages like a fine wine. The Hendon mob has him ranked 20th on the all-time money list. He's made over $24 million in live earnings. He has a World Series of Poker record, 15 bracelets, 165 World Series of Poker caches, almost 70 final tables. In 1989, he had one of the most iconic victories when he defeated two-time defending champion Johnny Chan and won the World Series of Poker main event at the age of 24 years old to become the youngest main event champion in history at that time. In 2007, he was inducted into the World Series of Poker Hall of Fame. He's known for his elaborate World Series of Poker grand entrances. And in 2012, his World Series of Poker main event bracelet win in Europe put him in the history books as the only person with bracelets in both the World Series of Poker and World Series of Poker Europe main events. And in 2015, I watched him live and in person win bracelet number 14. And since then, he's added one more to his collection. He's none other than the greatest of all time at poker, Mr. Positivity, the poker brat. Welcome to the EAT podcast, Phil Helmuth. Well, what an introduction. You know, uh, <laughs> when, when I make a final table they uh, at the World Series, they give everybody that one. So they go, oh, C1, he's cashed two times for a lot of the oc2 <laughs> he won a bracelet three he he has a lifetime earnings of one hundred and fifty thousand, and then they get to me and they go on and on and on and on so for me like you know it's best for me to have the headphones on and just be standing outside <laughs> you don't want to get like you know you listen to that stuff and then you think wow wow i'm cool that's my latest that's my latest thing is i'm cool and you, uh, you, know, you are. don't want to be thinking, you don't want to be thinking that way. I mean, I, I can't, my wife and I have been talking about my ego and, uh, and I can't, I have this big match with Daniel and I just can't allow myself to feel too good about myself until after that match, June 23rd, you know? So quick story real quick, um, just for the listeners and, and you as well. A few weeks ago, you tweeted the picture of the Aria photo shoot you did with for Hustler magazine. And <laughs> I saw your tweet <laughs> And within three seconds of seeing it, I basically sent you a, a tweet. And I said, hey, Phil, I got a podcast. Would love to have you on. Where can I send an email? And within three seconds of sending that to you, you liked it. <laughs> and within five seconds or so of that, <laughs> I had an email from you from a nondescript email. And I went, oh, my God, I have an email. My wife and my sister-in-law are sitting with me in the kitchen as I'm telling them the story. And my sister-in-law, she goes, that's not him. That's a scam. That's someone fishing for your bank account information. You better like lock everything down. And my <laughs> wife, who's oh, who's always right, she's always right. She says, "No, 
that's Phil Hellmuth. You better take this very seriously and send a reply like now. <laughs> and you're here with me, so it really was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try to I try to respond to people to interview requests on Twitter. I don't always do it perfectly, but I try to respond to that stuff. And you know, I used to have all these people that worked for me, you know, that that, you know, I mean I still have a lot of help. But you know, but I mean I used to have someone, a personal assistant that set up everything. And then, you know, when she left, uh, like, I don't know, five or six years ago, I'm like, this isn't so hard to arrange a flight. This isn't so hard to do do that. But I haven't had the pressure of, you know, back then when she worked for me, I felt like I was working 350 days out of 365 days. Wow. With various stuff. It's not all work. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun, right? I mean, if you consider shooting a commercial work or hosting a party work or writing a blog work, but I was working hard and, um, you know, and yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm like now I'm even more busy, but I'm managing somehow to, to get most of this, most of the stuff done myself. I think you're doing a fine job. You're here with me now. So, I mean, it's working. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, I I let myself sleep 10 hours every day. So, you know, Oh, that's good. So you've had some grand entrances for the World Series of Poker. You went in as General Patton. You had a, you were a race car driver. You were Thor. You were a mixed martial arts fighter. Came dressed as Julius Caesar. I got to ask you: When you were Julius Caesar, were you wearing underwear underneath all that? Oh, I had to be. I had to be. I had to be. But you know, the biggest compliment to me on the Julius Caesar is Norman Chad, who's always mean to me. On the you know, in real life, we get along really well. And we've done a bunch of charity events together, but he's always mean to me. He always takes the Phil's cocky. I'm going to smash him up. You know, he takes the attitude of, Hey, middle America, you're not allowed to be cocky, you know, in England being cocky is bad in Australia being cocky is bad. I know the countries where being cocky is bad. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and he's like, Hey, well, you know, Phil, you know, he said something about our, you know, but poker players look pretty, pretty buff. Because I, I was working out, I was in pretty good shape then, and I was like, "Yeah, I look good." And Norman said something. I wonder if he even knew he gave me a compliment by accident. You know, I gotta ask you: Do you um, do you have any plans for this year yet? Are you thinking about anything, or yeah, are you set on something? Something's gonna happen this year. I can tell okay. you. Um, now that's eighty percent chance something's gonna happen this year. Uh, I'm looking okay. at signing a big deal with somebody, and then they're gonna want me to make an entry. Sure. And and so we have, I have no idea what that would look like. First, let me sign the contract. And then second, let's see. Actually, I can just tell you it's a hundred percent. I'm coming into something. So, okay. It's something, but you just can't really reveal what it is yet. You know, it's funny. You know, I tell my wife, you know, you, you wait. So I have these two huge contracts on the table and uh, for big, big, big money. And I'm like, Hey, hey, honey, we only work 30. Five years to put ourselves in position to get money overnight, you know. I mean, <laughs> lucky and make up for two hundred million bucks, you know, uh, on these contracts, and uh, and that's oh yeah. And so, but it's taken just a, a long time. And listen, I've been very lucky and blessed financially, and I'm a part of a lot of companies. I've worked hard, but yeah, my joke to my wife is: we worked thirty-five years to put ourselves in position to make a lot of money overnight. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get into those companies in a few minutes, but I want to ask you something. So Chamath is your best friend and yeah. someone who's very successful at many things. Uh, is he going to be or is he go- just about this generation's Warren Buffett? 
I think he has a great chance to be this generation's Warren Buffett. Um, you know, I'm proud of him. Um, he is, he, he's, uh, he's a really good human being. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, people that become, that rise, uh, you know, and he's, he's risen slowly, but just recently he's risen very quickly in the social media. He was behind me, behind me, behind me, and just went flying past me, social media, and then tripled me or something. And so <laughs> there's going to be some heat. There's going to be, going to be haters. There's going to be, haters. and, uh, you know, when his investments that people are following, investing and do really well, then they're happy. And then when they do poorly, it's his fault, you know. And then That's the trolls come out. Yes. It's not really his fault. But, uh, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I think Shamath has a shot to be, he's a, he's a super clear communicator. He's a super genius. He's a great guy. He's working hard on, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to have him as a best friend. And I think, do you, will, um, I think he will do that. I think, I think he, he has a chance to be this generation's Warren Buffett. Do you give him some poker advice for financial tips? Is that the deal you guys have? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we've been hanging out since what, 2008, 2009. Uh, you know, and it's well publicized that, you know, we've had, we've had, we've been playing poker together since 08, 09. It's been written about in books and articles all over the world. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, so, I mean, he is, he's a heck of a poker player, honestly. And, you know, many, many days and, uh, one day he, he busted me, I think five times in the first half an hour. It was Ooh. very annoying. <laughs> it was very annoying. But no, he has poker skills. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, any any of my friends that play poker with me, any of the any of the guys, um, I help any of them. And I'll reach out to them and talk to them. And so I would I would say that, you know, our home game um, has the like if our home game goes and plays any other home game anywhere, our guys are gonna do well. Uh, and no limit hold them because I've coached everybody up. Okay. So just a few days ago, you started tweeting about the uh, the Hellmuth portfolio companies, and this is a total of 25 from what I'm seeing. You're currently on 11 advisory boards, and you have sponsor money in three SPACs. Um, from all of that you're invested in, can you tell us one or two companies that you're most excited about and which one or ones have the potential to be the biggest and why? Well, there's a lot of companies I'm excited about. Uh, <laughs> you know, one I haven't mentioned yet, Janie's just raised $65 million. Uh, You know, but the biggest one, the one with the most money right now is, uh, you know, is, is uh, Genius Sports. And they basically have a duopoly. There's two companies on the planet, Genius Sports and Sports Radar, that give information. So Genius Sports, they were signed an exclusive deal with, uh, signed an exclusive deal with the NFL to be the official broadcast rights. Now, people said they overpaid five or 10 X for that deal, for that exclusive deal. But it puts them on the map. We already have deals with the NBA, the Premier League, all these other leagues. And so Genius Sports, which, which I'm involved in through the SPACs, has been fun to watch because it's my biggest public, you know, and maybe I'll get lucky and make five or 10 million on that deal. And so that's been, that's been kind of, that's, that's fun to watch it go up. Uh, you know, I always thought on the SPAC side, and, and we're talking about publicly traded companies uh, with Genius Sports, uh, that's G-E-N-I, and then Rush Street, you know, Rush Street Interactive. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always thought, you know, 
that that one uh, would crush. And I have a huge investment there. And, uh, you know, and then there's just, there's just so much exciting. There's so much excitement happening with all my portfolio and and not, I mean, it's just like every week there's a big announcement. And so that's been really fun for me, but it's taken me a long time uh, to relate all these companies to be invested in companies. You know, I think I'm going to be, I'm, I'm joining a, another back as a, as a senior advisor. And I can't talk about with who or when that's going to happen, but I can say that, you know, look for that announcement in the next couple of months. That's okay. fun. I've been asked to join a, a venture capital firm uh, and uh, and given a piece of that venture capital firm. That's a really big deal uh, to be. Yeah, asked. that's a big deal. And I don't know. I mean, I, I like my lane, right? I mean, I want to be the greatest poker player of all time. That's that's the center lane. But, you know, I yep find myself because I, because I love my wife, because I've been happily married 31 years because I want to be home. And you know, we live in Northern California. I have great friends up here because of that. I have seven, eight months out of the year that I can do business stuff. So it's been kind of mm -hmm. an amazing run for me to, you know, to, to be involved in so many different companies. And like you said, I'm releasing all the names of all the companies and uh, it's been really fun. I've helped a lot of young entrepreneurs. And then they tell other young entrepreneurs and then they come to me and then I'll get a point or two in the company to be an advisor and I'll provide real value. Another one okay. that's really fun is fluid form. So we 3D print heart valves using cartilage. I saw that one the other day. Yes. Crazy. You talk about, you know, I mean, these guys are the cutting edge of the planet, you know, and, and we have, we're, we're talking to all these major, major, major companies about, you know, I mean, there's just so much potential here. And, uh, you know, and we've 3D printed heart valves and put them inside pigs. So, you know, it's kind of nice in, in vivo and in vitro, you know, actually having some inside the body. And, and uh, man, I, I looked at that and I thought, why are they talking to me? They have these industry specifics, <laughs> and, but I provided a lot of value for them. I helped them a lot and that weapon. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I opened up my network, uh, and, and brought in some, some very powerful people and, uh, and helped them raise some money, but that one's changing the world. So, I mean, the first time I, I looked and I'm like, wow, this could be a trillion dollar company. Yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. That's a, definitely a big deal. Hey, um, I mean, can you imagine like, you're we're, talking we're gonna, three, 3d printing stuff that we're going to put in the body. Yeah, you don't need a you don't need a transplant. You don't need to match. You don't need you're you're going to bypass a bunch of things that would be a necessity yeah. and it could delay somebody or prevent somebody from getting something. Sure. And they're one of my favorite slides that they show that Fluid Form shows. Fluid Form is the name of the company. One of my favorite slides is the one where they show the stuff that didn't work. I mean, who thought it was a good idea to put wood in the body to put metal <laughs> in the body? No, you put all the plastics in the body. Right, you're putting all the stuff in the body, and guess what? You need drugs because the bloodstream's attacking that foreign substance, which is not meant to be inside of a body. And so, yep. you know, and so a lot of people, I think, went about this the wrong way, and they're on the cutting edge. Every time there's a breakthrough, uh, fluid form is all over it because it, it fits their model. Anyway, all right, that that's just a few, but yeah, I'm excited about a lot of the companies, honestly. Okay. Um, you've mentioned you're in talks about getting involved in a crypto coin. How is that going? 
Well, you know, I, I was hoping that I'd be able to announce that today on the contract. So I'm just going to go off on that. But yeah, no. So if okay. I do sign we got potential them, breaking news here, but I can't, I can't get you to spill the beans. <laughs> yeah. If I do sign with these guys and I'm excited <laughs> to sign, then I will go to Miami. You know, today I'm going to San Diego for a wedding. Okay. And then Thursday I would go to Miami. Um, I've already, there's a huge crypto conference. I've already been invited to uh, the two biggest parties down there two two of the three or four biggest parties down there and uh i would be rolling with another poker player down there tom duan and uh you know love Big that name. guy and so he's doing a lot of cryptos <laughs> yeah and so you know so it, so it, it would be so let's just see i mean if, if i sign with these guys uh, then i can make an announcement it'll be on my social media today or tomorrow and then i'll go to miami okay for the crypto conference and I'll start wearing the uh, the coin on the side of my hat, and uh, and okay. uh, and some other places too. So over the years, you've met some big celebrities. You met Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Elon Musk. You met Presidents Clinton, Bush. I get a three part question for you. What celebrity have you met that's been really down to earth, and you could just have a normal conversation with that people wouldn't think is that guy? Elon Musk. Elon's very normal. Like, you know, he, he stares you in the eyes. Like, I mean, a lot of people, when you meet them, they're looking for who else is walking in the room. They're looking past you to see who else is walking in the room and the people that can just stare mm -hmm. you in the eyes. And I try to do this myself. Now, when I meet people, just stare them in the eyes and give them a minute, then, you know, and, and, and connect. And, I'm, but I'm, you know, if I'm at a party, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend, you know, 30 minutes talking to somebody, uh, unless, yep. but the point is to connect with that person. Um, a lot of times people come up and, Hey, I'm a massive fan of your spill. And, and you want to look, look, look them in the eyes, you know what I mean? And pay attention to them. And then Elon Musk is another level. And so, you know, when, when he met my wife, he stared her in the eyes and, you know, and, you know, he just wants to talk. And a lot of these really, really, really rich and really, really famous guys, you know, they just, they just, they don't want to be dwelling on the fact that they're superstars, that they're rich, that they're famous. They want a group of friends they can laugh with, you know, tease yep. each other and get to the human side, the humanness there. Right. Um, that's a three-part. Who haven't you met yet that one. you're? That, well, no, no. Here's the, here's the second part. Uh, who haven't you met yet that you want to bump into? <laughs> There's not a lot of people on that list, honestly. Um, I know that the list you've met is impressive. I mean, I see you hanging out with Drake. I see you hanging out with everybody, and I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, is there a guy he hasn't met yet that he he wants to bump into? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, I wanted to, I guess, I wanted to say hello to Aaron Rodgers. I missed him in Vegas once. I was, you know, I work at Aria, and so, well, I wear a hat for Aria, and, and I stay there, and I do love Aria. And so I uh, I was, uh, so there was Michael Jordan's golf tournament. So, you know, Dr. J, all these people. And, I mean, it's kind of cool for me because I'm fans of a lot of these guys, but they're also fans of mine, right? It's pretty cool how there's the back and forth of that. And then, and I told one guy, I said, hey, you know, um, if, uh, Aaron Rodgers shows up, I want to say hello to him. And so, <laughs> and so he, and I took a nap and I woke up and my phone had, you know, been 
there's been 15 texts come say oh. <laughs> Rogers, he wants to say hello stuff and i missed uh, it. But, but i mean whatever it is it, it, it's like it's there's not really that many uh you know i'd like to meet vladimir putin just to say hello and have a conversation okay. and you know so there's a few few a few world leaders that i'd like to meet have you met anybody that you would admit to that has been like a complete dick to you and you were like all right i wish i never ran into that guy has anyone been that guy that you're like wow would you tell us or is that something you don't want to no, I mean, I'm trying to think. Here's the thing. People can have bad reputations, all right? But then they, when they meet me, they're on their best behavior, right? And yeah. So I don't really, you know, I don't really uh, meet people that are rude to me personally. You know what I mean? Okay. It just doesn't happen. And so it's like, you know, it's like if I'm with somebody, you know, um, if I'm if if I if I if I'm walking along and all of a sudden I see somebody, and you know and and they're with a superstar or whatever and they're like that's Helmuth that's Helmuth that's Helmuth you got to meet him you got to say hello, then or the superstar himself sees me and says that, then it's not I, I just haven't had too many uh, you know transactions like that too many negativity too many too many negative stuff like that okay um, you know but. Uh, but I am aware of people's reputations as well, but I don't hold that against them. I, 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 I meet people at face value and, uh, and that, so it's, it's kind of weird. I really haven't had many, uh, many negative, uh, you know, meetings. You've been, you've been married to your wife, Catherine, for 31 years. And in your book, Positivity, you state that you're a family man. You're not, you're not unfaithful. You, your family is one of your biggest blessings. If your wife gave you the okay for one night, who's your celebrity crush? Oh my God. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should really repeat that. I mean, all right. So, all right. Uh, I had to ask. It's, uh, I, I like to change I things up a little bit and ask you the questions I know you haven't been asked before. <laughs> I do have two celebrity crushes. Actually, both of them I've met. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, like, that never, you know, everybody has the list, you know, a lot of, a lot okay. of couples have this list. Well, five famous people. And then the wife's like, well, if I'm with these five famous people. And so, you know, you have like, everybody has this like deal, you know, not everybody. But a lot of <laughs> and I started meeting those people. All right. <laughs> and my wife's like, okay. no, 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 we don't have that deal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so your book, Positivity. Though, that's part of my identity. I, I, my wife, my wife, and a lot of people are like, "Phil, you say it too much. You've never cheated on me. Why do you do that all the time? You know, are you trying That's to virtue of. signal? Are you trying to do this? You're trying to do that." And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of proud of that. I mean, I think it's something know, to be proud of. Absolutely, um, family's very important for a, a long time, and, uh, and and so you run into a, a lot of um, you know models and actresses, and you know, and some show a lot of interest, and then I'm like. You know, I think also, you know, uh, my wife um, uh, and I just, I don't know. I feel like there's a power. There's, a, I get some, um, what's the word for it? They consider it kind of a bad word right now. Entitlement. Entitlement's okay. not a bad word. No. Entitlement, you know, people, everybody who's, almost everybody that's achieved great things has a sense of entitlement. And so, you know, what you want to have is you want to have, there's a negative sense of entitlement, but there's a positive sense of entitlement. And part of my entitlement, <clears throat> I'm like, why, why shouldn't I be the greatest poker player of all time? 
why shouldn't I win my 15th bracelet? I'm loyal to my wife. I'm honest. I'm authentic. I'm a really good guy. And so, you know, and so if, by doing everything right, I talk about this in my book, Positivity, then I say, why not me? Why shouldn't I be the greatest? Why shouldn't I make a billion dollars? I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in your book, billion yet, but. In but your I'm book, Positivity. Not, it's not a goal. Becoming a billionaire is not a goal for me. But why shouldn't I have companies that I have a piece of that, that become worth a trillion? In, in your book, Positivity, which I just read twice over the weekend, um, if no one has read it or if anyone has read it, I'd suggest reading it again or reading it for the first time. It's eight simple yet powerful techniques that you've used and that we should all use. It's not just eight about poker. It's, it's eight life tips, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's eight, eight life tips. Life it's, a, tips it's a lifestyle. It's a quick read. It's a, 70 minutes it's a book that shows tips. you. And the, and the it's a book that shows you how. Go ahead. It's a book that shows you how bad it is to hate others and the wisdom of forgiving them. It's the powerful, the power of yearly goals, how to write up your pyramid of success, how we're all in the right place at the right time and how to be ready for serendipitous moments, how to take the critical first steps towards your goals and dreams and how to keep your ego under control and your head down if you do achieve success. And in the book, you state you are what you think, you become what you think and what you think becomes reality. Most people don't think like this and I'm asking you, have you always thought about this? Was there a moment in your life at a certain age or a certain poker event or life event, maybe getting married, where this clicked and you went, I have to start thinking like this? When did this whole mindset start and the lifestyle start? Well, I mean, when I was seven years old, my mom had the sign on the bathroom mirror saying, you are what you think. You become what you think. What you think becomes reality. That was on the bathroom mirror as I grew up. And so I saw it every single day going to brush your teeth, take a shower every single day, you know? And so it, it, I think it had a profound impact on me and my brothers and sisters. You look at my brother, he has what, 60 attorneys working for him. He has his own law firm, Helmuth and Johnson in Minneapolis. You know, uh, my sister has, you know, a, a law degree, uh, and a PhD. And my other sister is, is the best, one of the best five best water engineers in the world and you know and goes to africa to help countries and wow. so i think that you know there was something there and my other sister ann uh you know is a special olympian she's won a bunch of gold medals she's been to the world games you know in alaska and wow. um and so it's been pretty cool uh, it's been pretty cool to watch the family flourish and uh, and part of that is you know being taught from an early age what we think can become reality you know, that's a huge, huge, huge thing to grow up. And so yep. if I can, if I can think that this is going to happen, put effort into making this happen and then actually making it happen. And then it happens again and again and again and again, you think bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so that's kind of the way, you know, I remember writing my goals, you know, um, in 1987, you know, I, I wanted to write a New York Times bestseller. That was like, I hadn't even, my best grade in English class was a C, but I did it. <laughs> I you did it. Become, I wanted to win the main event. I did it. I wanted to meet yep. and marry an amazing woman. 31 years later, I knew she was amazing from day one, but I can tell you she's amazing. You know, it, it's those were some simple goals. Own an amazing house, own an amazing car. Those were pretty easily achieved. And so, you know, um, I think that, you know, um, 
understanding that you're in the right place at the right time, looking for those serendipitous moments, you know, and being ready for them is what I'm really trying to teach everyone in the world. In your book, you state that one of your goals is 24 World Series of Poker bracelets. Why 24? Why that number? That just kind of came to me, uh, the 24. And, uh, and you know, I don't know. I just kind of thought, I don't know, I, I'm going to win 24. And right away, I mean, I won three in one year. And then I, I don't know. I just kind of thought that I'd win 24. I don't know why exactly. Okay. It was almost like a vision. But that sounds weird. Phil had a vision. He was going to win 24 world championships. Hey, if you, if you land on 24, that's going to be a hell of a story. (laughs) I can't explain it. You know, one time I was in a tournament in Europe at the main event in uh, 2012, I think is the year I won it. Is that what it says there? Uh, When you won the world series poker in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. 2012. Yep. 2012. 2012. So, the night before the event starts, I sit down and I play some uh, Chinese, uh, some Chinese poker in the lobby of the hotel. And we're in Cannes. We're in a great hotel. We're right there. And I don't know. I lost a quick like eighteen thousand dollars, you know. And so maybe it was twenty-two thousand. Whatever. I was a little annoyed. And so I played with a uh, you know a Russian guy named Sergey. and uh, and then an American guy and another Russian guy, and I lost. So I paid right away, but Sergey pulls me aside and he's like, I have vision, Phil. I have vision. You are going to win the main event. I am going to finish second. What the hell? So, I mean, (laughs) I'm in a bad mood. I'm just annoyed because I just lost 22,000 to the guy and uh, there's no hatred, but I just hate losing. You know, I don't have Mm -hmm. negative, negative thoughts about him, but. Now I'm like, all right, somebody told me that there's 500 people in this tournament. You know, come on. And uh, <laughs> Sergey Baranov. And, uh, and he'd never even, like I was thinking to myself, he, I don't even think he'd ever cashed in a No Limit Hold'em tournament, you know? So I'm just like, what is this? And then after day one, I'm still in there. And I'm like top 20 chips. And he's like number three. And he comes and he says, number one. <laughs> number two you number one me number two he's tell- telling me this and he keeps telling me after day two i'm fourth in ships and he's first in ships he comes up to me he says you will win i will finish second and now he keeps to and now as the tables start to combine and we get down to like 10 tables he's over at my table telling me this like five times a day you will win i will finish second now we got down to three tables, right? <laughs> now I'm starting to believe him. I'm like, what is the craziest thing I've ever heard, right? Well, we get down to the final table, and I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. <laughs> you could never predict. Yeah. This guy, random guy, comes up, and we both made the final table. That's incredible. And then all of a sudden, we're down to five-handed. And now we have six-handed. Now we're day five or whatever. It's a global audience watching. Then we're down to four-handed. And Sergey and I are one and two in chips. Holy and I'm like, cow. This is just bizarre. And then they say, <laughs> hey, we need to take a two-hour break because we're going to take this live all around the globe. You going for this bracelet. So we take a two-hour. Great for me. I went right upstairs and took a two-hour nap. And so I came <laughs> back fresh. Well, you can't believe this. It comes down to he and I heads up. He was and right. I'm just like, this is just bizarre. And he's like, hey, do you want to save a little bit of money? At that point, 
sometimes you say, all right, it's very standard in poker tournaments throughout history, where if the first place is like, say, in this case, 1.5 million and second is 750, you save a little bit because 750,000 is a lot to play heads up for. So I was like, well, he's been telling me for six days. I don't need to save, but I'm like, of course, I'm going to save with him. <laughs> an amount that he's happy with and i don't know what it was i had a two to one chip lead and maybe we saved two hundred thousand to a hundred thousand so if he won i'd get an extra 200 if he won he's get an extra 100 something like that whatever and then we played and then i won it and he finished second and i'm just like this is incredible <laughs> because no one has ever come up to me and said it's one thing to come up to somebody and say i think you're going to win that's already a crazy prediction but then to come up and say first and second and then to have it come to pass yeah that was just freaking bizarre. and so man i haven't talked about the story in a couple of years but that was just <laughs> crazy and i tipped my hat to you sergey baronoff thank you my friend <laughs> that was amazing you know so if you let's just say for argument's sake you would have hit 24 bracelets in the next couple of years is that the end or mm -hmm. it, it, you you still want to play even though the goal is 24 that's not like an end point for you right 24 is kind of a vision i had and there's no way I'm going to quit. I'm always, I'm going to play until, until, until I can't play anymore, you know, whenever that is. Okay. And hopefully I stay healthy, you know, to, to age 90. Hopefully I'm still, hopefully I become the oldest winner of a world series of poker event, you know, hopefully I win one when I'm 87 or something, but you know, but, uh, um, uh, Phil Ivey came out and said, Hey, it casually mentioned like three or four years ago. He said, Hey, maybe I'll win 30 bracelets. Maybe he said that six, seven years ago. And I was like, good luck. <laughs> I was like, shit. Because Ivy's a great player, man. He's on 10 already. And he won three in one year. And he's like, maybe I'll just win 30. And I was like, oh, God. Now, so now I thought, okay. I mean, before I thought 24 is enough to just separate me from everybody on the planet. And right now I, I'm 15 to, to three guys at 10. Yep. And uh, But I got to keep going because guys like Ivy and you know, a, a guys like Daniel Negreanu, and there's some really young guys out there that have some amazing skill. And so you just got to keep putting them up and just see what happens. But I'm prepared to win 30. Yeah. Well, I hope you do. Um, another goal from what I've seen on your website, philhelmuth.com, is to raise $100 million for charity. And you've already passed the halfway point of that. Um, besides the bracelet count of 24, and $100 million for charity, which you will eventually hit. What is something you haven't accomplished yet that you're looking forward to accomplish something that big? Hmm. Well, let's just go to this. Um, I think I'm at $64 million for charity events. We haven't updated the website lately, but it's around $64 million. Makes me feel incredible. You it's amazing. About, let's come back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, entitlement. I'm the guy that's raising $64 million for charity. Does that mean I do all the work on the back end? Does that mean? No, no, no. But when I show up and MC these events, I've had the events in New York have said, Phil, because of you, we made an extra $500,000. That's great. And I'm like, wow. And, uh, you know, and so I feel really, really great about that. Uh, you know, I've also charged a lot of, I'll, I'll charge 25K to MC events, but but whatever I've made, say a million doing that, I've we've given a million and a half to charity. So we're way ahead of the curve, but I can't show up to New York. I mean, I'm just busy. Uh, but but anyway, I felt really, 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 really great about my relationship. It's an honest relationship. A lot of people out there don't talk about. And so when I say, hey, well, I, I charge a few charities and I get criticism. And I'm like, don't, don't people understand that 
the celebrities don't fly across the country for free. <laughs> you know, I mean, yep. um, I feel great because I don't know what they, they've done, but I know that I've given one point charities myself. Now let's cut back to your question. Cause it was a good question. Um, I, I think, I think that, yeah, I mean, a, a stupendous, well, a huge goal, stupendous kind of almost sounds like it's impossible to use that word. Um, I would like my book positivity. I would like to sell a million, two million. I'd like to sell millions of copies. We have to get to, you know, a hundred thousand first. Um, but I'd like to sell millions of copies. I would like to be influencing the world, not just in 2019, 2021. I would like, I would like to be known for two things, the greatest book of all time. And I would like my book just like Dale Carnegie's book, how to win friends and win friends and influence people is still being used. I would like my book positivity, which contains universal truth to still have people reading it in a hundred and to still be changing people's lives for the better, still be teaching player people, people that they're in the right place at the right time. So that's, that's a, yeah, you talk about an outrageous goal. I want book positivity being sold a hundred years from now. I want to influence, you know, hundreds of millions of people's lives for the better. That's, that's a good one. That's a good goal. In 2015, I had the, the honor and joy of witnessing you win bracelet number 14. It's as a poker fan myself, it was an, I want to, I want to say an out of body experience because you see it on TV, you see everything the way it is. And then to just be there and be sitting in the crowd and see you win number 14, which just was something. And you donated that bracelet to your friend who recently, a short time before that passed away, David Goldberg. Do you have all of your other bracelets? And which one are you most proud of? So just recently, uh, so I've given all the bracelets away. My mom, okay. my dad, uh, my brother's nurse, uh, that's six. My son's, that's eight. And, uh, and other relatives and friends. The one bracelet I never collected was from the 1997 or 19, I think I won one in 1997 or 98. Never collected that from the horseshoe. And so that one got kind of lost in the, in the, in the dust, by the way, I'm on 1% on battery. So maybe she, we're live, aren't we? So we are live. Second. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to take a quick, I'll talk, but I'm going to put a charger on this thing. We can do this. And uh, so, you know, you talk about, you, you know, so, I mean, giving that bracelet away, we lost Dave Goldberg. I was supposed to give that bracelet to my friend, Bill Lee. Bill Lee, who's one of the best angel investors in history. Bill Lee, who's a great friend of mine. He's also a great friend of Elon Musk's. And that bracelet was going to Bill Lee. And I woke up that day and Goldie had died, you know, um, in May. And, uh, you know, Goldie and I and, and Shamath were supposed to open a conference together, the Founders Conference, on stage together, the three of us. Mm -hmm. And so... That was pretty special uh, to be for me to be opening a business conference. It was supposed to be the three of us. They were in Mexico and then Goldie died. And so about a month later, everybody flew home and, and, and attended the funeral. I've never seen a funeral. It had four news trucks outside. Um, you know, he, he, he profoundly helped so many people. Just the class act of class acts, Dave Goldberg, Goldie. And was one of the center, the center of our friendship group and uh was just helped everyone 
Um, and, you know, <clears throat> the founder of Qualtrics, who just bought, I think, the Utah Jazz, Ryan was telling me about how he had a, you know, he was his biggest competitor. But but Goldie was amazing. And, and Ryan had Qualtrics feature Goldie on their front page for a week, their biggest competitor. That's the kind of guy he was, you know. Um, I think you'd call him, uh, you know, an Ubermensch or whatever. But amazing, amazing, amazing guy. And and uh, and so then I woke up at the final. I woke one night. I, I went to bed and I was at the final table of a RAS tournament. And I just woke up and I said, "This needs to go to Sheryl Sandberg." Now Sheryl Sandberg is, you know, one of the biggest names in the world in business. Yep. Facebook. The CEO of Facebook. And she's tremendous. And, uh, you know, I, I have a great relationship with, with the family. And, uh, so anyway, I woke up and I called Bill and I said, Hey, Bill, I apologize if I win the bracelet today. First I called Shamath and I'm like, Hey, Shamath, if I win this, I'm going to give it to Cheryl. And he's like, don't mention her name unless you win. You know what I mean? Cause it's going to seem like you're trading off of her fame or whatever. And, you know, okay. And so I said, I won't, if I win though, I will mention it. And then, um, and then I called Bill and I said, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I know this was, if I win today, it was supposed to be your bracelet, but I have to give it to Goldie's family. And Bill's like, I completely understand. And so when I won that bracelet, I announced I was giving it to Cheryl Sandberg. And, uh, and you know, and Cheryl, uh, uh, just, uh, I know that they're, they're, they, they're building a small poker room in one of their houses. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, you know, and they're going to feature the bracelet. So it's pretty cool. They're going to have it, you know, they have it kind of in a glass, you know what I wow. mean? So it, it, yeah. it, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Giving it to him just, it just felt right. You know, by the way, I gave, I think it was my 12th or 13th bracelet, the main event bracelet from 2012, I gave to Chamath. Occasionally I go over to his house and I see it lying around over there. And that one's <laughs> the most bejeweled of all the bracelets. And I'm like, yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> so let me ask you, um, a while back, there were rumors of you doing Dancing with the Stars. Is that a show you would still do today? Or there's even that show now, The Masked Singer, where people wear extravagant costumes and people have to guess who they are singing, you know, random Man, songs I from think, the 80s, 90s, yeah. or whatever. Would you do that? Any either, would you do either of those? I mean, if I, you know, I mean, I guess I'd have to sing this way up, I feel blessed. <laughs> way up, I feel blessed. And you hear people sing songs, right? And you think, wow, they're a great singer. But they, and then you find out they only really have one song, right? So that's the only song I know that I sound okay at, right? Every other song, you know, I'm not, I'm not a singer. I rap a lot. I'm on the mic all the time. These charity events, I've done 175 events, 200 events for charities and for the biggest companies. You know, I do events for, you know, uh, Microsoft, Samsung, Bain, Tiger Global, you know, just, uh, you know, Netflix, just the biggest companies in the world have me come in. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm on the microphone. It's always a, like a poker tournament and I'm making fun of people. This guy hired me. I can't remember his name. Oh, shit. I'm fired. You know, just kind of, <laughs> um, rapping on the mic. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, way up. I feel blessed. But Dancing with the Stars, um, uh, I would have done that. And I started taking when I found it, I was up for it. I started taking I hired someone. I found someone in the Bay Area very quickly. And I learned how to dance, the very basics of how to dance. One, two, one, two, three. One, two, one, two, three. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know that that existed. And most people listening don't know what that is. But every <laughs> song you listen to, 100% of the songs, 
If you listen, they'll go one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three. And so then it's like step back, step forward, shuffle, 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 step back, step forward. <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. So at the very basics, I'm like, da, da, da. I'm like, da, 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 da. And so I'm like, so I learned, I spent, you know, seven, eight hours learning how to dance. I would have done that show. Uh, okay. And uh, they asked us a long time ago to be on, you know, the what's that show where you go on an island together? We said no to that. They asked us to be on Wife Swap. Oh, like Temptation wife. Island or Wife Swap yeah. or Survivor, something like that. Yeah, yeah, not not even Survivor, but it was even before those, way back, right after the Osbournes came out, uh, I was starting to get some press, and they're like, "Wow, Phil's a great personality." So I had a lot of offers. And, uh, you know, we, we decided it's going to screw up our kids forever if we do it. And my wife, you know, is a, is a, is a doctor. And, yeah. uh, and let's not talk about which university, but okay. she's a doctor and she's very, um, you know, and she, she's not looking for fame. She runs away from the cameras. Okay. And so, you know, and so right away it was, we just couldn't do any of these shows. I think she would have been a big star because she's super reasonable and smart. And I think people would have been meeting her, uh, you know, on television. Okay. And, uh, but she's not interested. And so that's that. Okay. So Wife's a lot of people have been fun, I think. Come on. <laughs> With one of those celebrity crushes, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we don't want that. So a lot of people say that Chris Moneymaker winning the World Series uh, main event in 2003 started the poker boom, so to speak, the moneymaker poker boom. And that's the biggest reason for today's success and popularity of the game. If somebody else won that tournament, such as a Dan Harrington, a Phil Ivey, even yourself, would today's poker scene look different? And do you think we would have gotten to where we are now if someone else won that? No, there's no doubt the moneymaker effect was huge. Huge for poker. And, uh, you know, his name, the fact he was... The fact that he'd won on like a $10 buy-in or something. Some the satellite, yeah. That, the fact that he was just, you know, an accountant from Tennessee. And, you know, Chris Moneymaker, I'm proud of him. You know, he, he's, you know, it's, it's very tough to just come off the streets, win the main event, and be thrust into the spotlight and handle yourself well. And Moneymaker has handled himself well. And, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty liked in the poker world. And I think that's pretty hard to just come in like that and, and win over a lot of people. But Moneymaker's done that, and he was huge for our industry, and uh, I really like him on top of it. Okay. Uh, something big you have going on right now, high-stakes duel. You're up 2 nothing on Daniel Negreanu. Round 3 is going to be June 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Poker Go. In round 1, Daniel had you down to a few thousand chips. And in round 2, he had a 3-1 to one chip lead on you. And in both situations, you came back and you won. So obviously, you're happy with the end result of winning both, even the comebacks you made to achieve those results. Now, looking forward to round three and knowing that Daniel is going to change some things, he's going to make some adjustments, he's watching videos and everything else that he does. What adjustments are you expecting from him? And what adjustments are you making, if any? Yeah, you know, these are questions I can't really answer. Uh, just say that okay. in the first... But I'll say this, in the first match, uh, you know, I, I I just wasn't very prepared. I, 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 I just started studying, you know, I just started looking at NFTs. And uh, like that Wednesday, the match, say we played on a Tuesday, 
I talked to nine CEOs on in three days, which is very intense. And um, yeah, and I came in, I came in really tired. And 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 every night I tried to go to bed. I was feeling pressure for the match, and and I'm like, I have to deliver a message. Daniel's attacking whether or not I'm the greatest of all time or not, you know. And I think it's clear that I'm the greatest of all time poker tournament player right now today. That might not be the might not have been the case 10 years ago and it might not be the case in 10 years but it's hard to take away but he's tried to take a lot, a lot of that away and he was also you know being very condescending uh in that match and but i anyway because i wasn't sleeping well and i i felt like i had to tell everybody that that you know that i am great and that led to the apex predator line which went global quickly. <laughs> great line great line you know? <laughs> <laughs> that led to me telling nick shulman hey I folded King 10 and King Jack when Antonio had King Queen. No one else on the planet would even consider that a fold. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, rather than jump up and down and celebrate and say, wow, what does Phil know that we don't know? Or how did he do that? Instead, it was like, oh, that's a bad fold. Well, I mean, somehow I just sensed Antonio was super strong and, you know, and I made these incredible laydowns. And so, I had to deliver these two sermons. And so I wasn't as focused on my strategy. And honestly, I didn't play my best the first two hours. And I, I kind of got myself low uh, for no reason. And uh, that's on me. And then, you know, to come back from that, uh, I certainly played my best, but, you know, that's not an easy comeback to pull off. And so, you know, certainly, certainly if you're going to come back from 4,000 or whatever it was, five. Yeah, 000, about 4,000. Yep. I, yeah, people said it was less than that. I don't know, but, but I mean, like if it was 4,500, that's 95,500 to 4,500. Yeah, it's a heck of a comeback. And if it was less than that, then yeah. So it was a big comeback. We were still deep enough, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I put myself in a bad spot to start and I, I didn't think I'd do that in the second one. And so you'll be prepared for one, round you'll be prepared for round three based on the last two, two rounds. And let me just ask you, if you do win round three, is that the end of it? Or you guys will decide that after, after this next uh, event on June 23rd. I'm, I'm kind of like conservative guy, right? I put in 50,000. And then uh, if I, if I win this match, I can cash out 400,000. I sold yeah. some pieces of myself. I think I sold uh, 10,000 in the first match. So I had 40 of my own money in there. The second match, I only sold 10,000. So, I had 90,000 of my own money bet. And this last match, maybe I'll sell 10 or 15,000. So I'll probably have 185,000 of my own money bet, 190. Okay. So, you know, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get the 400,000 off the table. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Match, you know, and <laughs> Daniel's just so great at poker that, you know, if I can somehow beat him the third time, then, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm just going to, Press the cash out button. So on May 6th, somebody who just tangled with Daniel, Doug Polk, tagged you in a tweet. And he wrote, 25,000 hands, 200, 400 heads up, no limit, two tables, 100 big blinds. I'll put up a free $1 million if you win. My $1 million to your zero. Come get some. How close of a reality is this? And if it's close, are there going to be some adjustments from the Daniel Negreanu Doug Polk match, or would those parameters be the same ones you have with him? Yeah, so I told Doug that I'd play him, that I'd play him. See, you have to use, like, I'm a little older and a little more wily, maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> having been through, having been, I was a young egotistical guy, right? So now, 
you know, <clears throat> so someone like Doug, if, if like, I, I think that he might lay me 10 to one. And, but if I can get him to play a match to like, I don't know, 15,000 hands, but one table, one table online where he, okay. he has a huge advantage according to 99% of the world. He has a huge advantage, but if he lays me like, then, then if that's the case, then maybe he'll lay me 10 to one. Right. And so, and then I can bet a hundred thousand to a million, right? My friends will bet three or 400,000 on me too, getting 10 to one odds. And then if I can somehow like somehow if after 5,000 hands, I'm way ahead, then, you know, 90% of the world's going to be shocked. Shocked, <laughs> you know, they're always shocked, right? I won 24 out of my last 26 matches against professional poker players. Right. And everyone's uh, shocked, right? They're, and they're all, and they, they have me as an underdog in every upcoming match. So, you know, that's fine. You know, I mean, that's, that's fine with me. It's, it, it does drive me and piss me off a little bit. Keeps a little chip on my shoulder. Motivation. Um, what's that? Motivation. Definitely motivation. So yeah, no, I mean, I haven't come back to Doug yet. I need, I, I need all my energy is focused on the Daniel match, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think about that a lot, that match. And then, you know, and then about, you know, five days before, but anyway, I'll just say, just say that, you know, let's just say this, uh, that match is really on my mind. And so, okay. and we have to play that match and see how it goes, but yeah, no, I mean, if Doug wants to step into the arena, um, you know, uh, then, then that's fine with me, but I didn't respond. I mean, he put out like a, a lyric for a song and I came back with the second lyric cause it was just kind of fun. You know what? I like Doug a lot. Actually. It's funny. I like Doug and I like Daniel. I get along well with both of them. And, uh, even though they, even though they can both be very critical of me <clears throat> when we're together, we're having drinks, we're having dinner. So do you think that them being critical of you is just like a mind game? just to throw you off the next time you're playing against them? I mean, I don't, I, I don't, you know, sometimes I wonder if Doug, every time he, uh, every time he attacks me, he gets great ratings. Right. So I think, okay. I don't think that, I, I think that if he's attacked me two or three times, I think he actually knows that, that what he attacked me about, uh, that, you know, it's not even a legitimate argument, but he, you know, I, I, I see him also having fun and I don't know. I, I really like Doug. Doug and I have had some fun bets between each other and, you know, we've had some fun times. I, I don't know. I, I like hanging out with him. I like being with him. Let me ask you, last week you were in New York City with some big poker icons. You were, you do a photos of you at a, a private event, someone's house in New England uh, was a tag. And you had Antonio Esfandiari, you had Scotty Wynn, and you had Dale Negreanu. Who are your closest poker friends? Uh, my closest poker friend uh, has to be Mike DeMouth Mattiso. I mean, okay. I've got my group up here. Shemosky, yeah, no, I'm just talking that, you know, in Vegas, those, those guys, when you get together, when you fly in. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, but you look at, you look at, like, if you look at, like, right. Oh, so, okay. Outside of poker, I know that I gave my 15th bracelet to Bill Lee. You know, uh, I, I know that I'm giving number 16 to Sky Dayton. I know that I'm giving 17 to David Sachs. I know that I'm giving number 18 to Rick Thompson. These are kind of my guys, right? Up okay. Here. But in the poker world, I talk to Mike Mattisau 10 times as much as I talk to any other poker player. Okay. And, uh, and you know, Mike is, Mike is a, Mike has a really good heart. Sometimes can be a, a little bit, you know, he'd probably say this about me. Sometimes can be a little bit difficult on the phone. I mean, I think 
<clears throat> sometimes he gets very binary, you know, uh, you know, he says some interesting stuff, but, but, but generally speaking, I really like uh, talking to Mike and, and I think he has a really good heart and, uh, he's a warrior. He's so, really smart. I can discuss poker strategy with him. One of the best Omaha eight or better players in the world, if not the best tournament Omaha eight or better player in the world. I mean, it's between him and two or three other guys. Okay. And so he's taught me a lot about Omaha eight or better and I've helped him a lot in his no limit holding game. Okay. So last week you were in New York, you were visiting some family and friends. Uh, you did that event and you posted a picture of yourself with your parents at a park in Westchester, which is basically down the road from me. Um, are you in this neck of the woods often, or is that just something that was random that you flew your parents in and you were doing the event and hanging out here for a couple of days? Yeah, there's a hotel called the Opus. I guess you probably know where that is. Yeah. Close to you. So, you know, my sister lives close by. So, okay. So for me, I kept going to New York. I do events for these really big hedge funds. You know, the biggest of the big hedge funds hire me. I charge an outrageous amount of money to show up for events. I'm 50000 a day. The grand use 50,000 a day. Uh, Antonio's up there. And so, you know, if someone's paying all three of us, they're a pretty big hedge fund, right? Oh, yeah. Some of these events they spend two million bucks on, you know. And so, wow. but for me, if I'm going to go to New York, I, I and I get hired to do something in New York once or twice a year in Manhattan. And so I always have fun there. And, and I just wasn't quite getting enough time with my sister uh, and her children. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was doing a bad job. You know, I would see her for sure, but I'd see her one or two nights. Maybe she'd come to my event and then maybe we'd catch dinner, but that would be it. And so finally I'm like, you know what, if you're a family first guy, Phil, which I am, then, you know, then you have to just start staying. So at Westchester is, you know, it's 45 minute train ride. What from Manhattan, 30 minute train ride. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, for, for me, I'm in Northern Westchester. So for me, it's about 55 minutes or so into, into uh, Grand Central Station, Midtown. And I'm at the, this I'm at the, the first top time of, I of ever Westchester. Went to, yeah, this is the time I ever went to, to Manhattan and never saw Manhattan. You know, 45 minutes away, um, <laughs> I was supposed to hang out with this. Uh, I was, I was hoping to get a little time with one of my crazy, with the, I guess he, I think he's the best investor on the planet. I mentioned names, but, uh, okay. you know, he called me on the way out of town. He's like, why didn't you buzz me? You know, why don't you put pressure? On me? <laughs> and I'm like, ah. You know, so I mean, come on, you know, I arrived there Wednesday night, Friday and Sunday family, and then Saturday night's the event. And so, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was really nice. We were at, at the Mayflower, which I guess is a really hot place. Uh, maybe two hours away from Manhattan where a lot of people are staying. Beautiful, okay. beautiful used to be a you know um so yeah we anyway it was a really nice event we had fun um i had the microphone the whole night uh again uh, it's here <laughs> for those guys they just have to sit and play i'm i'm walking around the room blowing people up you know calling people billionaires teasing people you know uh you know and kind of pushing the line a little bit there's a kind of a famous billionaire in the room and his partner and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to call these guys billionaires. And, and you know, and they kind of, they're a little bit like, ah, we don't like this. We don't like the press, but ah, it's Phil. We'll put up with it. And everybody's laughing and having fun. You know, my job is to, to add a lot of energy to the room, you know, and uh, I think they, you know, I'm not talking about any names, any company names, but I think I have just four tables. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of their employees in the wow. And it was just a really, really fun event. And Daniel and I and, uh, and, and uh, you know, Scotty and Antonio, uh, after the event ended, everybody kind of went to bed early, these guys. But we kind of stayed there. We spent a half an hour. We spent maybe an hour, the four of us, drinking some scotch and chilling and before we split up and went our separate ways. Okay. Phil, I want to thank you uh, for this opportunity. This, as, as a fan, as somebody with a podcast who's been doing this now for, for 10 weeks and the magic number and it comes across you a lot is, is 10, 10 times something, tenfold, 10x. This is show number 10 and for you to be on it, it was, uh, it was great. I really want to thank you for this. You can follow Phil on Twitter at Phil underscore Helmuth. His latest book, Positivity, You're Always in the Right Place at the Right Time, can be purchased exclusively on Amazon. And that, that line right there worked wonders for me in my kitchen when you emailed me. I mean, that was, I was in the right place at the right time and it worked out unbelievably. Look, look at what we just did. To see the third round matchup against Daniel Negreanu in the high stakes duel, you can tune into Poker Go on June 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern. Phil Helmuth, I can't thank you enough. This has been amazing and serendipitous moment. That's, that's your words. Serendipitous moment definitely describes this for me and, and the podcast. Um, perfect example of being in the right place at the right time. I can't thank you enough. You really are the GOAT. Good luck against Daniel. Uh, For all those people at home that are listening, and I have a phone call in one minute here with a CEO of a big company here. For all those people listening, you are in the right place at the right time. You know, and and the quick story is two guys living next to each other. One of them comes up with the eight perfect reasons for a sports bar. The next guy, the eight, well, the one guy says, Martha, please pass the piece. Doesn't do anything. (laughs) The next guy goes and on the way home from work the next day stops his favorite sports bar he's opened a door it's a figurative door it's a literal door and so so, you know folks you're in the right place at the right time and pursue your passion i had someone tweet me that i changed their lives after reading my book they went from a dead-end job to pursuing their dreams so read positivity and you know and good luck everybody out there thank you very much phil uh i can't thank you enough the greatest of all time Thank you for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, 15-time bracelet winner, Phil Helmuth. Thank you very much. And everybody tune in next week for episode number 11.